Ah, Cathedral, God is good. And all the time. It's so great to have you here. It's great to see if you're in the building, if you're outside in the amphitheater in the drive-in, those who are watching online, those who are at the different campuses. Thanks so much for joining us. And I want to give a, a, a special shout out. I have a very dear friend who's here in service. And uh, he planted and pastored for many years one of the leading churches in the Bay Area. And now he's spending his time mentoring pastors here in the Bay Area, as well as mentoring pastors around the world. And he's with us in service. What an honor. Steve Madsen. Pastor Steve, would you stand? Thank you so much, buddy, for being here. Thank you for all that you've done in the Bay Area. It's an amazing guy. Well, it is Christmas time at the cathedral. And for the next few moments, I'd like to talk to you about the advent of hope. How the coming of Christ brings the advent of hope. Is there anything more essential to the human spirit than hope? One of my favorite writers, Lewis Smedes, he says this about the value of hope. He says, hope is to our spirit what oxygen is to our lungs. Lose hope and you die. They may not bury you for a while, but without hope, you are dead inside. The only way to face the future is to fly straight into it on the wings of hope. Hope is the energy of the soul. Hope, say that with me, hope. In fact, the Bible says that a hope, that hope is a little bit like this anchor. Now, my brother and I, years ago, we used to have a boat. We had a 16 and a half foot boat. It was an open bow. In fact, I think we have a picture of that boat right up here. Wait a second. That, that's not the right picture. This is a family service. Can we go to another picture? That's me and my wife kissing in the boat. But we had this boat, and in the boat, we had lots of fun. And, well, what we would do is we'd go fishing in the boat. We didn't do much catching, but we would do a lot of fishing. And then we would do water skiing in the boat. And I knew it was time to get rid of the boat when the boat couldn't pull me out of the water anymore. I thought it was an engine, a problem with the engine. My brother was sure it was the problem with, was with my weight. And so we eventually got rid of the boat. But when we had the boat, we had a an anchor in the boat. And we use the anchor. You know what an anchor does. If you're fishing, it would keep you from drifting, from drifting into the, the weeds or drifting into the, uh, even worse, drifting into the rocks. And the Bible says that hope is like an anchor for your soul, an anchor that keeps you from crashing in to the rocks. In Hebrews, we read this. It says, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy what? It's a strong and trustworthy what? Anchor for our souls. See, the hope that you have in your soul it is what keeps you from crashing in to the rocks. 
the hope that we find in Jesus Christ. And so today I want to encourage you to take hold of that hope, to regain that hope. I don't know about you, but, but sometimes, you know, I can let go of things I need to hold on to, and I can hold on to things I need to let go of. And so today, here's my challenge to you. Loosen your grip. Loosen your grip on discouragement. Loosen your grip on despair. Loosen your grip on doubt. Loosen your grip on the lies of the enemy and instead take hold of a firm grip on the hope that we find in Jesus Christ. Regain your grip today, amen. Here's what it says in Hebrews chapter 10. It says, let us hold on, hold on to the hope that we profess without the slightest hesitation. For he is utterly dependable. The hope that we have is sure. The hope that we have is trustworthy. Let me ask you a question. What have you anchored your soul to? Is it sure? Is it trustworthy? The hope that we have in Christ, it is sure. It is trustworthy. When we use the word hope in our culture, it's a little bit like crossing your fingers. You know, well, I hope this happens. I saw this one letter to Santa and it said this. Child wrote, dear Santa, how are your reindeer? If you cannot buy what I want, take it easy on yourself. Just give me tens and ones. And the way we use the word hope in our culture, it's kind of like, well, I, I wish this happens. I, I hope it happens. I hope I get that present under the tree. And I hope the stock market goes up and to the right. I've got my fingers crossed. I, I hope that that girl I ask out, I hope that she's going to say yes. I hope that the Raiders can somehow, some way, squeak into the playoffs. You better cross your fingers really tight for that one. The way we use hope in our culture, it's more like crossing our fingers, but when we come to the hope in the Bible and the hope that we find in Christ, it's much more certain than that. It's a sure hope. It's a trustworthy hope. It's a hope that anchors our souls. In fact, the Bible says this about the hope that we have in Christ, that this hope will not lead to disappointment. Can somebody say amen to that? This hope, the hope that we find in Christ, so over the next few moments, I want to talk to you about, well, three areas, three things that we can have a sure confidence in today because of the hope that we find in Christ. First of all, because of Christ, there is a hope that reaches beyond this life. We have a home waiting for us in heaven. A hope beyond this life. In the nativity story in Matthew chapter one, we read this. It says, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Our greatest need was forgiveness. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent an economist. 
If our greatest need would have been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need would have been pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was to have forgiveness of sins, and so God sends a Savior. His name will be called Jesus, for he will save the people from their sins. Think about it. The 2,000 years ago, God steps down from heaven and comes to earth as a flesh and blood baby. Then he lives the perfect life that we could not live. And then he dies the death that we deserve to die. And then he comes back from the dead, proving that he is, in fact, the Savior of the world. And for those who put their faith and trust in him, they can be sure, they can be confident that their sins are forgiven. And because their sins are forgiven, they have a home in heaven that's waiting for them in the future. Can we give him praise? Amen. Hallelujah. The Bible says, for the grace of God has appeared bringing salvation for all people. For the grace of God has appeared. Grace. Say that with me. Grace. We're saved not by our works. We're saved by grace. One of my favorite boxers of all time, he's passed away now, but he was once being interviewed about how you get to heaven. And this is what, this was his take on it. He said in the interview, one day we're all going to die and God's going to judge us, our good and our bad deeds. If the bad outweighs the good, you go to hell. If the good outweighs the bad, you go to heaven. And good works are good things. Try to do all the good that you can. Every day, do as much good as you can do. But if I'm depending on my good works to get me to heaven, uh uh-oh. I mean, it's really hard to know. If you're trying to figure how much good have I done versus how much bad I've done, how do you come up with those totals? For example, how many points do you get when you've been patient with your kids? How many points do you lose when you're impatient with your wife? How many points do you get for coming to church? How many points do you lose for sleeping in church? Hello. Yeah. We got cams out there, so watch it. How many points do you get for helping an elderly woman across the street? On the other hand, how many points do you lose for doing something like you see right up here? Yeah, I mean, how many points do you lose for honking at an elderly lady? See, if you're depending on your good works to get you to heaven, 
And have I done enough good to outweigh the bad? You might as well cross your fingers. But the hope that we have in Christ is more certain than that. It's more trustworthy than that. It's not anchored to the good that I've done. Instead, it's anchored to the good Jesus has done. I would never be good enough. But thanks be to God, Jesus was good enough. When we get to heaven, we're not going to walk around saying, look what we did. We're going to walk around saying, look what Jesus Christ has done for us. That's where our hope lies. In the saving work of Christ, life is so short. It really is. But we have a hope that is sure, a hope beyond this life. In 1 Corinthians 15, it says, if only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. But we have a hope that is beyond this life that when everything is said and done after our days here on earth, we have a home in heaven that is waiting for us. Can somebody say amen to that? Amen. <laughs> Take hold of that hope. Hope, say that with me. Hope. See, hope is our anchor. It's an anchor to the soul. That brings us to the second thing, that because of Christ, we have a hope in where history is headed. It's headed toward the return of Jesus Christ, the second coming of Jesus. Titus chapter 2, verse 13 says this. It says, we look forward with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be revealed. Anybody looking forward to that day? Yeah. How about if we get interactive? If you're comfortable doing this, if you'll just, uh, some of us are kinesthetic learners, we learn by doing, so just take your finger and just draw with me. Draw with me an imaginary circle. Can you do that? Draw one more time, yeah? All right. You know, sometimes we can feel that's what history is like. History is like an endless circle. I mean, when you look at the state of our world, it can seem like the more things change, the more they stay the same. You had terrorists and violence in the last century. You have terrorists and violence in this century. In fact, you had terrorists and violence in the first century. And you can start to wonder, are we stuck in this circle? where history just repeats itself again and again and again, and we will be forever battling with forces of evil that are at work in our world. It can feel that way, like it's an endless circle, and then you look to the blessed hope we have, the return of Jesus Christ. And then you find history is not an endless circle. Instead, take your finger and draw a line with me. Go ahead and do that. Everybody draw that line. That history is more like a line. This line had a beginning and this line has an end. And when we get to that line, who is waiting at the end of that line is Jesus. That Jesus will one day return. And when he does, he said this in Matthew he said, everyone will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds in the sky. He will come with great power and great glory. He will use a loud trumpet to send his angels all around the earth. They will gather his chosen people from every part of the earth. 
This is where history is headed. It really is. Uh, in this one church in the nursery where the babies were, were, were uh, being cared for, they painted this Bible verse on the wall. They said, we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. <laughs> and we will. The day is coming. That day is coming. How long is that line? We don't know how long that line is. But every day we get closer to the end of the line. And that day is coming. We're looking forward to that moment when Jesus Christ will return to the earth. And the end of that line will be the start of another line. The end of a broken world will be the start of a perfect world. Can somebody, yeah, let's give God praise. Amen. I think it was back in the 90s, there was a rock band by the name of R.E.M. And they had a song that was popular on the radio. And I remember the first time I heard that song. The song goes like this. It's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it. And I feel fine. And when I heard that, I thought, well, actually I do. Because I know I don't have to be afraid of the end of the world. The end of a broken world just means the start of a perfect world where Jesus is going to make all things new. Hallelujah. No more sin. No more suffering. No more sorrow. No more death. No more pain. Where Jesus Christ will be king and we will rule and reign with him forever and forever. That is where history is headed. Let that anchor your soul this morning. And this time when Jesus comes, the first time he came, what did they do? They took him and they put a crown of thorns on his head. And they put a robe around his bloody back and they spit on him and they pulled out his beard and they nailed him to a cross and they mocked him as the king. But the next time Jesus comes, it's going to be different. Nobody's going to be able to resist him. Nobody's going to be able to deny him. The Bible says that at the name of Jesus, every, every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, our Father. This is where history is headed. It is. And that's why we know we're confident, we're certain. History is headed in that direction. And that ultimately, love is stronger than hate. And good is stronger than evil. And light is stronger than darkness. The Bible says the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. The darkness will never overcome it. Jesus is the light. And he's stronger than any darkness. Hope. Say that with me. Hope. And that brings us to one other uh, part of this hope that anchors our souls today. And I really want you to lock in on this one. And that is because of Christ, we have a hope that enables us to overcome. So that we can start to dream again. So we can start to dream again. There's an interesting phrase that starts off the nativity story in the book of Luke. 
It's only eight words long, and if you read by it too quickly, you'll miss it. But these eight words pack a powerful punch. And in Luke chapter one, verse five, we read, in the time of Herod, king of Judea. In the time of Herod. Now, on the one hand, Luke is being a historian. He doesn't start off the nativity story with, well, once upon a time in a land far, far away. Instead, it's in the time of Herod. It's a concrete time. It's a concrete place. We're not dealing with a myth. We're not dealing with a fable. The birth of Jesus Christ is a historical fact. Luke is being a historian. But perhaps Luke is also giving us some theology that in the time of Herod, king of Judea, the time of Herod, well, I found this one poster, and on the poster it said this, it said despair. It's always darkest just before it goes pitch black. And the time of Herod was a time of despair. He was a wicked, brutal ruler. And he cast a dark shadow over the land. To say in the time of Herod, you were talking about dark days, dark times. In more ways than one, it was night in the land of Judea. And yet, and yet it was the night before Christmas. And into the darkest night, the light breaks in. Let me ask you a question. What kind of day are you living in right now? We sing, since Jesus came into the world, O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep, the silent stars go by. Yet in the dark streets shineth the everlasting light. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. In the dark streets shineth the everlasting light. Are you walking through dark days? Are you walking through dark times? Maybe you've had a setback. A setback with your kids. A setback in your career a setback in your health, a setback in your habits. If you're walking through dark days, hold on to your hope. Hold on to your hope. Don't doubt in the dark what God has promised to you in the light. It may be night, but it's the night before Christmas. And the light of Jesus Christ can break into your world even now. That 2,000 years ago, Jesus came to us in the past. One day, in the future, Jesus will return and he will come to us in that moment. But even now, by the power of his spirit, Jesus is present and active in this space, even now. He is for us and he is with us. And Jesus can give us the strength to be resilient. If you've had a setback, you can bounce back. If you've had a setback, you can come back. The power of Jesus helps us to live life as an overcomer. 
In fact, Jesus can even, Jesus can even do this. He can take the darkest of our days and cause it to somehow, someway work together for our good and for his glory. Do you believe that promise? Romans chapter eight, verse 28, anchor your soul to this promise. And we know that God causes everything, good things, bad things, all things, that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purposes for them. God causes all things. I can't promise you that there'll be no challenges. You'll have challenges. I can't promise you that life won't disappoint you. It will. It will. But what I can promise you with the truth that we find in Scripture is this. It doesn't matter what has happened in your life. God can cause all things to work together for your good and for his glory. Those who love God. How many love God today? Let me see your hands. Then this is your promise. Anchor your soul to that. I was, you know, my wife and I, we were once in the Holy Land together and uh, with a group from the church. And so we were in Jerusalem and we went into a shop. Uh, uh, we, we went shopping. Now, the thing you need to know about me is I love to shop. I love to shop. In fact, somebody took a picture of me while my wife and I were shopping. You can see, I don't love to shop. I hate to shop, but I love my wife and she loves to shop. So we're in Jerusalem shopping and we're in this store and the owner of the store, he takes out this piece of jewelry. It's a beautiful piece of jewelry. Can we get a picture of that, Joseph? Let's get that close. And the interesting thing about this piece of jewelry is that it dates all the way back to the first century. It's made out of a piece of broken glass from the first century. Now, I don't know what this glass was a part of. Was it from a bowl? Was it from a cup? All I know, it was broken Roman glass. It was discarded until somebody picked it up and took what was broken and created something beautiful out of it. Hold on to your hope. Because God can take the brokenness of your life I've seen him do it. I've seen him do it in my life. I've seen him do it in my family's life. I've seen him do it in the life of this church family. And if you will take the pieces of your brokenness and you'll bring it to God, God will somehow, someway, bring something beautiful out of your brokenness. He will. That is the hope that we have today. That'll be an anchor for your soul. It's a sure anchor, trustworthy anchor. In Isaiah chapter nine, verse two, we read this. The people who are now living in darkness will see a great light. They're now living in a very dark land, but a light will shine on them. That is the hope. <clears throat> that is the hope that we have in our hearts. In just a moment, the World of Arts team is going to come and close things up with a, just a powerful song of celebration. Before they do, though, I want you to hear from our campus pastor 
Uh, he oversees our campus in Gilroy. Pastor Kent, come on out here. Would you give Pastor Kent a great big hand? <clears throat> now, Pastor Kent, tell us, first of all, about what has been going on in Gilroy and what's going on this Christmas season oh, at Gilroy. Awesome. So thank you, Pastor Ken. Uh, it's been an honor and a privilege to be serving Gilroy for the past eight years. I was 12 when we started. Um, but in a couple of weeks, we, we are also doing our toy giveaway, just like you guys are doing here. Uh, we are given an opportunity to, to not just give the, hand out toys, but to serve families breakfast and give out toys to 200 kids of migrant workers down in Gilroy. Yeah, that's fantastic. I, I was down there, I don't know, a couple, a couple, two or three years ago, and just to see them distributing toys to the, the migrant kids, it was just, what a, what a great thing you guys are doing, just bringing hope and joy to them. Now, Ken, what people may not know, they see you up here, and they see what you're doing down there in Gilroy and how things are working, and, uh, but it started... It all started during a very dark time in your life. Can you talk us through that journey? Absolutely. Um, my life was a mess. Um, I was broken. I was lost. I was hopeless. And I, I lost everything. And, and I contemplated on ending my life because I could not deal with my pain anymore. And um, I did that and, and, and struggled with that until I found myself at the light in front of this church and saw the cross I drove in and um, sought counseling, and from then on, I started coming to church every Sunday, every Wednesday with Pastor Mike, and um, started sitting at the back of the church, draw, draw me in, in, in all the way up from front, and then I found myself uh, taking classes from Northern California Bible College and sensed the call of God in my life. And I remember praying to God back then over and over, if you don't want to take away this pain, just take me out of this world. And I'm so grateful today that God doesn't answer all my prayers. That's right. That's right. You know, from being suicidal to now bringing hope to, to people down in Gilroy to see what God has done in Kent's life. And right now, I just read the other day that we've had more suicides last year in the United States than ever before. Kent, what would you say to those who are, are going through a tough time? I know God never wastes the pain. And so he can take all our experiences and, and recycle them and use them to help other people. How has that worked out with you? And what would you say to others who are going through a dark time? Yeah. So God has used my ministry to, to give a purpose to my pain. And all the struggles, all the tears, all those sleepless nights, all the pain that I've been through... I would say it's all worth it. If I could just look up a young adult in the eyes and tell them, don't give up on life because it may be hard, but it gets better. And for some for a couple that are struggling with their marriage, and I can say, just don't give up on your marriage because it's all worth it. Mm -hmm. And for people that are, that feel like they've lost everything, you know, success doesn't have an expiration date. You can always dream again. And for those of you who have lost hope, I don't know where you are in your journey. You could be at the light trying to weigh your back, find your way back in here. Or maybe you're sitting at the back of, the, of, of this sanctuary. Or maybe wherever you're at in your life right now. I know sometimes it feels like there, there's no hope. But I, I tell you, please do not try to find hope or in your hopeless situation because you will never find it there. But I promise you that there is hope. And his name is Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 
can come on over here. Would you bow your heads with me for just a moment as the music team gets in position? Pastor Ken, I want to pray with you. If you'd say, hey, Pastor Ken, um, you know, I know about Jesus. I've heard about Jesus. I admire Jesus. I like Jesus. That's why I'm here today. But I've never really stepped across the line and surrendered my life to Jesus. Every journey starts with a step. And if today you want to take that step and say, I don't want to be just a fan of Jesus. I want to be a follower of Jesus. If you're making that decision today, I want to agree with you that today is your day. If you'd lift up your hand real high and say, Pastor Ken, that's me. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. Today's the day I step across the line and begin that journey. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Heavenly Father, I thank you for those who are who are surrendering their lives to you. Jesus, believing that you are the Savior of the world and surrendering their lives, putting you in charge, making you Lord. And I pray for all of us who are here today, God, whatever kind of day we're walking through, Lord, let us take hold of that firm hope once again. If our grip has grown weak, Spirit of God, Help us to regain our grip today. That we can wake up every day with a confident hope in our hearts because of Jesus Christ. And that God, you are, you are, you are. I've seen you do it in my life and I know that you'll do it in their life. You are causing all things to work together. Good things, bad things, all things can work together for their good and for your glory. We declare it, we believe it, we own that promise today, and all God's people said, amen. Let's give God praise one more time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I hope you're ready to celebrate. He's coming out with our World of Arts team. Give him a great big welcome as he comes.
Everybody stand with me. Would you let Heath know one more time how much you appreciate him blessing us this weekend, man? So good to have you here, bud. Wow. Just a couple of things before I dismiss you. If you need prayer, our team will be down here to pray with you and for you right after service. And then don't forget, we've got our immersive experience in the chapel. We've got the Christmas market with music out in the lobby if you don't have to rush off. I mean, it's only 12.09. Do we have any 49er fans in the house? You got 50 minutes before the game. So you got plenty of time. So don't rush off. Anyway, again, thanks so much for being here. It's great to see you. We're on this journey during this Christmas season. Uh, I want to do the benediction from Romans chapter 15 today. It says this. It says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray this. All God's people said, amen. Have a great week, Cathedral.